Well, he told me all about you. Martin, bitch. Oh, I know what you think, because you didn't really come here. You want to come here. Oh, you want to get with me just like Martin does. You want yourself a sister, don't you? Oh, no. Won't happen here, because Shaday Day ate with the swirl. All right? Okay. Okay, so let's wake up, people. All right. Well, where will you? I gotta go. Well, you do that, okay? Okay, but no sister here, all right? You remember that. Take your temperature. Cause you know what you got? What? You got Shaday fever. You got Shaday fever. You got Shaday. Yeah. Welcome to episode forty-eight of the Riley Randalls. Oh. My fault. Welcome to episode 48 of the Riley Randoms podcast. <clears throat> I go by the name of Riley Ritz. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Shout out Bushwick. Shout out Canarsie. Shout out Best Eye. I rap. I used to do... You're like, I used to do OnlyFans reviews. And as of today, I podcast. So... <clears throat> Sorry. Shout out Bushwick. Shout out Canarsie. Shout out Best Eye. Damn. Gas and Steve within the seconds of each other. <laughs> um, there's a couple things I want to talk about. And matter of fact, yeah, I'm still in the week of celebrating the one year anniversary of this podcast, though. I'm going to touch on that later because I feel like on the last episode, I rushed through it. And plus, I was just catching up on old shit because I was slacking. So, so... I wanted to make it up to y'all. And again, there's some shit I want to like get off my chest or more so on my, off my mind. So, um, and we, I might as well start with what I opened up with interracial, just swirly things, all the swirly things. (laughs) Um, earlier this morning when I was on my way somewhere, I was on Twitter. Yes. Twitter. And I don't know where this, um, obviously this, this dude's gay, so, I mean, but, let me not say obvious, like, y'all fucking follow him, but this gay dude just gonna post, post this shit saying, you know, t- he decided on February, Black History Month, to, today's the day to post your white boyfriend's day, it's my favorite day of the year. Like, that's not what the tweet exactly said, but, but you know, similar to that. And somebody retweeted that. I think it was one of my followers. And that just, that's a question mark in itself. So, uh, where should I start? First of all, you chose February. Not, he chose February. In Black History Month to decide that. Hey, we should post our white boyfriends. Or you should post your white girlfriends. Fuck it. It's my favorite day of the year. Like, I felt like that was deliberate, first of all. Like, keep in mind, Black History Month. Even if you don't subscribe to your black history being relegated to a month, that's fine. But the fact remains, like, celebrate your white boyfriend's month. Celebrate your white girlfriends. Not month, but day. So, like, reveal your white boyfriend, girlfriend day. 
Like, I, that just gave off, like, self-hatred energy to me. That just gave off coon energy. And people were flashing their white boyfriends and white girlfriends and shit. And I blocked almost each and every one of the motherfuckers, including the person that originally posted that shit. Like, uh-uh, I don't need that energy on my... I don't need that energy near me at all, you know? I do not eat, I do not want that energy at all. And yeah, I just wrote something down. And so honestly, it redirected me to this like question that I've been asking myself on and off for the past couple of years. Like the thoughts of interracial dating. And now I think about it, I talked to Ant about this maybe a week, two weeks ago. And honestly, this is like the perfect platform for me to give my thoughts about it because I tagged him and two other people, which I attend on bringing on the podcast, including Ant. He's been on here like twice. But um, yeah, my thoughts on interracial dating is it's conflicting, but it's conflicting because I stay being on the fence. I'll be honest with you. I just, I just paused earlier. I was looking at the movie Focus with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. I like watching that movie. Like when, the, so the fact that I I discovered that it was on HBO Max, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I like it. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. And I ain't gonna front. Margot Robbie is a baddie. Physically, she's a baddie. She ain't, she's not corny, you know. There be times I'll be, you know, lusting after Trish Stratus. Like, ter- 2000, 2010s Trish Stratus. Be the, you know, 90s Sable. You know? Basically, Deborah. Basically, any white girl that had titties around that time. You know? And a body on her. And ass. I ain't gonna hold it. My eyes be wondering. I am not gonna hold it. I still get my shit off to GN, old school Gianna Michael stuff. I still get my shit off to Mary Magdalene. For those who know who it, if you know who it is, then you know who it is. It is what it is. But um, here's where it gets complex at for me because I know like two years ago I was like initially against it, but then when. I discovered that Jody Turner Smith, that's the that's the um dark skinned black woman. She plays Queen in that movie Queen is Slim. She's married to Joshua Jackson. Like she had like she had this kid recently. And um there was these old tweets of her that was screenshot by somebody, basically, you know, saying that the main reason she started dating white guys was because like the black guys wasn't checking for her because she was dark-skinned. And another time, in a, and on another occasion, um, the girl that plays Precious, I forgot her name, um, Gabri Sidibe, that's her name. She just married a white man recently, and she caught hella backlash. One of my other followers, I don't know if she still follows me, I'm not sure. She had a like Filipino boyfriend. She was catching hella shit. And I'll never forget, she said something about, like, you know, 
just because I'm dating, just because I'm dating the opposite of my race doesn't mean that it's like takes away from my blackness. It doesn't mean like just because I'm dating this Filipino man doesn't mean that like it should take away from my blackness. It's not like I'm telling other people date outside of your race or fuck these black men and none of that shit. It's just, I like this man. He likes me. So why should it be a threat to you? And it just had me thinking, you know, especially the pressure shit. Because here's the thing. It wasn't like niggas was checking for pressures. It wasn't like I was around niggas that was checking for pressures. If anything, I, I said something about checking for pressures. In a positive way, you know? And it just got me thinking, like, you know, Jodie Turner-Smith, when she spoke of her experiences growing up as a dark-skinned black woman, and I'm just thinking back to the times in the, especially in the, especially in the 90s, niggas wasn't always like this. Like, yay black women, yay black, like, yay dark-skinned women. To this day, they're still colorist niggas. Colorist, like, yes, colorist niggas, like, same complexion as me, if not darker, that do not like dark-skinned women. Remember them podcast niggas I spoke about a couple episodes ago? I will not say their names. I will not, I won't even say their podcast names. That's, I'm not giving no, no cornball nigga no airtime, especially on my shit. But, um, remember when I was saying that they don't fuck with the Knight Riders and the Shaniquas and, you know... Remember I was saying how Yumber was doing that paper bag test, the pool test on dark-skinned women or black women? Yeah. They weren't like, it's like, it wasn't that far ago. Especially these podcast niggas. This is recently. So this is still a thing today, but 90s was just as bad, if not worse. You know, I remember going around, going to school with niggas. Niggas did not fuck with dark skinned girls. I you I don't know why, like, and I can't even like explain it because we were all kids. If anything, niggas would go to like the caramel skinned girls or like the toasted brown girls or the definitely the light skinned girls. But dark skinned girls used to get teased. I remember it. I remember it. So and even you know. Going into junior high school or high school, not much change, you know. The only time niggas like dark skinned girls was was when they had curves and it was baby oiled up, shiny or whatever the fuck, something out of the like the video vids and shit like that. So, so when I think back to Jody Turner Smith's story and when I see Gabby Gabby Sidibay get married to that white dude, I'm like, you know, they're talking about how black men didn't want them, so when they go date these white boys, we give them shit for it, but it's like, we basically telling them to like, we don't want you, but we don't want you to want the other side too. We don't want you, but don't date these other niggas either, so it's like, the fuck, you want them to Want them to date their dildo and vibrate for the rest of their life? What the fuck? Not all of them want to be in a common law marriage with their fucking rose vibrator. So it's like, or do you want them to just continue to seek approval from niggas that 
aren't even giving them time of day because the black of the berry. Remember, Tupac said, the black of the berry, the sweeter the juice. I say the darker the, the darker the skin, the deeper the roots. And it's like that shit went over our heads and we said, fuck that, fuck him. I'm going after this light-skinned girl. It wasn't that long ago. It made it seem like that, but it wasn't that long. So I'm saying that to say that, you know, I don't, I don't have, personally, I wouldn't have a problem them dating outside of their races if that's where the love is. Because, again, not all of us black men give that, give that love, give that love towards them. I'm not even going to hold it. Like, the fact that I got, I'm still hearing stories like that is just, it's hard to digest because, damn. You talking about love black women, protect all black women. Except not you darkies. You darkies stay the fuck away from me. You midnight riders stay the fuck away from me. But yeah, love black women. Like, that shit is... Ugh. How are we going to say we love black women, but we turn it away black women for being black women? But we get mad at them when another race accepts them. They can look past the dark melanin. So, to me, that's where I struggle with because it's like, yeah, if the if those Filipino boys, these white, these Euro boys, these Italian boys, whatever the fuck, if they're, get, if they're giving them the love that they want, who am I to say different? Who am I to say different? It's just, my thing is, as long as it's, you know, as long as they're not throwing... That's why I, that's where the confliction comes in at because as long as they're not throwing black men under the bus, you know, that's where I get feel uneasy at because I notice when some of them once they get their white boy they the switch up is overnight. I can't snap my fingers, but the switch up is overnight to the point where they start speaking damn near like Trump or like. The fucking carrots. Fuck you, niggers. Fuck you. Fuck all black men. All black men are lazy motherfuckers. Y'all hate black women. I remember. I'll never forget. I added this woman from Facebook back when I was act, still active on Facebook. You know, she started talking all this men are trash shit. And I remember Nick, he told me to like start listening to black women, so... Because I felt bad about how black women were getting treated at that time. So once you, once you see that and you hear, once you see and hear the stories, it's like, damn, let me support y'all. So, and looking back, you know, I was, looking back, I take accountability for that because, and I, I know I'm saying it in a bad way, but because, you know, I was misguided and I felt bad. So I added this one woman. She was really talking bad on black men. I'm talking Amanda Seals level misandry. And I'm, I think I said something to her and she said like, all I know is she said that she was dating a white man. 
looking back, that should have been a red enough. That should have been blaring red flags for me to just like disengage with her immediately. But she actually like stopped fucking with me because I just said like she I listened to Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, and um, not for nothing. Some of his skits, some of his um stuff on the show Atlanta, especially season two. Especially season two, this one episode where um, Van goes to a, a Drake mansion party and there's this scene where this dark-skinned girl goes off on this white girl for dating the nigga that she likes. Y'all dating all the... Like, y'all be taking all the good, man. What about us? Y'all taking all the good, man. This white girl is like... I love him. I was with him when he was a struggling artist. I stayed down with him. And the black girl's like, I ain't got time for all that. Like, staying with a nigga with his dreams. Dreams don't pay bills. Like, dreams don't get you money. Fuck out of here. And I remember posting that scene on Twitter. And it rubbed off people, especially black women, the the wrong way. I'll never forget Alicia Renee. She tweeted at me as if, I fucking shot the scene. And I'm like, I'm just posting. I honestly posted that for dialogue. But I even I had my own take on it. It's like, in a way, I thought it was like, this is my opinion. When um, basically Donald Glover's view on his, his take on his experiences with black women. Because... I don't know if it's for y'all that's familiar with um, Donald Glover's. Back then, he was Childish Gambino. No, that's Childish Gambino. But he was heavy on the girl, the Japanese girls or the girls that's into Japanese culture or the white girls and shit like that. He wasn't as heavy on black women as he is now. I think once Atlanta took off the way it did that. And it's not to say that... It's not for me to say that he wasn't always into black girls. He probably was. It's just... It wasn't as evident early in, in his career as it is now, you know. You know, it's one thing when you're doing skits with like Arby Plaza and shit like that, but as soon as Atlanta takes off, it's like he's con- he's giving more opportunity to the sisters. So yeah, I can understand how that one specific scene in Atlanta can like rub off people the wrong way. Cause look how you're betraying black women, especially darker skinned black women. It's like, like, bro, I'll, your like jaded experiences doesn't define black women as a whole. So, yeah, but um, I know I'm rambling and shit, but I'm just trying to like, because like I said, I'm still conflicted with, you know, interracial relationships because when it comes down to it, date whoever makes you happy. Date whoever accepts you for who you are externally and internally. It's just that whole throwing your throwing black black men and black women under the bus. That's just that's the only thing for me. Dig whoever loves you for you. Just do it without throwing the entire rate, your entire race under the bus. Because I feel like like not the sum doesn't define the all, you know. The sum doesn't define the all, cause that's just. And furthermore, that just gives off self hatred. 
you know, like you're ashamed to be black in the first place. Or that just gives off that gives off a real um what to call it? Uncle Uncle Ruckus vibes. You know what I'm saying? Uh because again, like and that just made and you know what? Now the more that I think about it, Quinta, Quinta, is that how you pronounce the name? Quinta, Quintina. She's the one that created the show Abbott Elementary. I've been seeing cl- clips of it, and I ain't gonna hold it. I'm dead ass gonna probably watch the show tomorrow morning. <laughs> but yeah, during the um, you know, when the protests were kicking up in 2020, I remember she posted. A picture of her and I think her white boyfriend, white fiance, white husband. One of the three. I know that motherfucker was definitely white. And I never forget, I retweeted that picture saying, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> sure enough, she saw that shit and blocked me. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because it was like, damn, looking back, I'm like, wow, that was a that was uncalled for on my part. That was uncalled for on my part. Because it's like, if that's the person that makes her happy, who am I to say, who am I to like discredit her blackness because she's dating that white boy? Cheska another one. She was she used to be married to a white husband. They recently got divorced. She she's been starting her life over since. You know, healing energy towards her. Mad people discredit. I'm not going to say mad people, but she's another one. Niggas discredited her blackness because she was married to a white man. And again, like every other black woman I just mentioned, I just think back to like, damn, maybe we were too soon or maybe I was like kind of harsh to write them off because... As long as they're not throwing black men or just black people as a whole under the bus in favor for their white counterparts. And it's like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to say different? You know, again, I'll be lusting after white girls with titties and ass, whether organic or fake. Definitely fake. Hell, one of my followers, she's a Russian girl. She's a Russian girl that lives in New York, hangs out with fucking Jamaican friends. She's thick. She has titties and ass. We fucking black guys. My only issue with her was when she started posting, you know, these memes that had the that had the N-word in them. And she even slipped up and said that shit to me one time. Not calling me a nigga, but, but in the conversation there, you know that nigga, I'm like, excuse you, fuck you said, that guy, oh, okay, that's what I thought, but, yeah, it's just, my point is, again, as long as you're, as long as they're dating that makes you happy, and not because of some, yeah, and now that I say that, that's another thing. The fetishism. Long as, the, long as there's authentic and organic love there and not just some weird ass fetish shit or 
privileged by proxy or whatever the fuck. A lot, like, you got to understand, a lot of these fucking thoughts run through my mind. Whenever I see the interracial shit going on. It's like, do do their family accept you? Like, do they allow you to sit at the table or do you eat your shit in the car somewhere? And when they let you sit at the table and eat with them and, you know, poly with them, like, do they really get you? Do they understand you? They do, it, do, they, do they accept you? Or do they make, like, subtle racist dicks at you? Shit like that. Shit like that really be running through my mind when I see them interracial couples. I knew my uncle was dating a white girl one time. Jewish girl. I didn't say shit. Long as she makes him happy, long as he like, long as he treats her right, long as she treats him right, cool beans. All I ask is that you don't throw black people under the bus because you didn't have so much luck with them. Because again, some doesn't define the all. But at the same time, why would you fuck with something that doesn't fuck with you? It just sounds like an abusive relationship. <laughs> Like, these niggas wasn't feeling me when I was a kid, so of course I'm going to fuck with these white guys. They like me. Of course I'm going to fuck with these Chinese guys. They like me. Of course I'm going to fuck with these Asians, Filipinos, um, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. They like me. They don't let all this melanin, you know, turn them off like Yannis. Because, again, colorism is still a thing to this day. I'm not going to downplay that you know but again that's why i'm more glad that i came out with the song a melanin situation because with me i celebrate all black from dark skin to the lightest one and in a way that's why i'm really glad that mariana decided to be individual i know she came on the strength of seg but I'm really glad she came because if you see her, if you saw the visual, Mariana is the girl that looks really white. You would think she's white, but believe it or not, she's black. She does have some blackness in her. She's just really white passing. I know that's hard to believe, but I talked to the girl. She's black. She's just really white pass. She's just white passing, but nonetheless, I'm who am I to discredit her blackness? And plus, again, she came through on the visual, and that's also kind of another reason why I wanted more, you know, black women to participate in the visual. I, again, I wanted more representation of blackness in <laughs> from the lightest of light to the darkest of dark. I wanted all that in there, you know, but. Other opportunities will come. Other opportunities will come, definitely. But yeah. And speaking of dark skinned women, I was on TikTok earlier and Lizzo came across my screen. Mind you, I wasn't following her. This is just, it's one of those suggestion shit, suggestion scrolls, whatever. And there was this clip of her. She, one of the captions was talking about euphoria. Yeah, of course. But I didn't realize, I thought it was her fingers in her mouth. Turns out it was some guy's 
fingers in her mouth. It was the guy's fingers in her mouth. He pulled it out and then like choked her, gently choked her. And she smiled. And I'm like, I ain't gonna hold it. It turned me on. Lizzo having fingers in her mouth and getting choked out. I was turned on by that. Because it's Lizzo. I always found Lizzo attractive. It's just that I, I always found Lizzo attractive. It's just that I thought she was annoying with her fucking antics. If she would have cut it out with the antics, if she would, I feel like if she would have cut it out with the antics and I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> if it wasn't for the attention seeking antics and she just let the music speak for itself and just appeal to people from an authentic level because she's not a dumb girl. She just does dumb shit. She's she's very, from what I read up on her, she's very knowledgeable on this music shit, especially the music business. Hell, even Azalea Banks said it on fucking Instagram while, while dressing her down. She's really talented. It's just fucked up that she does the answers that she does, which is mainly showing her bare ass. I ain't gonna hold it. I enjoy seeing the bare ass. But it's just, who? what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for other people? Or are you doing it for your ins- like your insecurities? But either way, I enjoy seeing that. So whenever she shows her bare ass, I save it. <laughs> but um, I wasn't bringing up Lizzo to talk about Lizzo per se. It just it just reminded me of my past dating choices. Which were, I realized my past dating choices were predominantly dark-skinned, black, BBW women. Now that I really think about it, like, I fucked around some. I fucked around some. And I like all women of all shapes and all sizes. I do, Riley Rich does not discriminate at all. I don't discriminate. But... Again, when I think back to my dating choices, they were all dark-skinned. They were all plus-size women. That's what that's what I was really attracted to. You know? And boy were they boy were they fun. I ain't gonna hold you. Niggas be sleeping on the niggas be sleeping on the BBW checks. They have tons of fun. Let me tell you. Ooh, personality, personality, titties, ass, and the sex be fun as fuck. Oh my. Some of my best sex has been with dark skinned BBW women. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) The stories I have in the fucking vault. (laughs) Matter of fact, if I told that older woman story on the podcast, she was she was one of them. A dark-skinned BBW woman. She was an older woman, but a dark-skinned BBW woman nonetheless. My gosh, she was so sexual. Oh, full lips, beautiful eyes, dark skin, like, yo, titties. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I keep thinking back to that, that bar 50 said and that work it remix. I can go hard, no why. Big girls don't cry. 
There was this rumor on BBW women that I heard back in high school that plus size girls can't take dick. <laughs> I'm a I'm gonna bring up that question with one of my guests one day. Just to ask that. Like, yo, is it true that BBW girls can't take dick? Because some of them that I fucked with, some of them can take dick. The other ones couldn't. Either way, both was fucking fun for me. And they ha- and they have fun, which is the important part. That's that's the important shit to me. If you ain't having fun, I can't have fun. And if I'm not having fun, the parties was dead before it even started. <laughs> but um, yeah. Nah, I just say that to say like niggas do not sleep on BBW women. Don't personality. Sex, all that, bomb as fuck. And it's weird that niggas to this day, like, will front on BBWs in public, but try to fuck them in private. Whether in social media or in real life, they're fronting. Oh, you big, fat, ugly, stupid, smelly bitch. Then you find out in the DMs. It was begging for a little bit of pussy and sending in dick pictures. Pretty please, pretty please let me fuck. And also understand something. When a BBW girl fucks with you, it's because she likes you. She likes you. Like she's attracted to you. Not because she's desperate. Because not for nothing, BBW girls catch niggas. All shapes, sizes, all that. Don't sleep on the BBW girls. Don't let the plus size frame fool you. They catch niggas. Especially all the muscle-bound, big-body niggas. Yeah, they pull those too. Don't sleep. So she fucks with you. It's because she likes you. Don't assume that all BBW girls are just desperate, homely-looking chicks. They'll take anything. They'll take any attention that they can get. Nah, nah. Never the case for that. They bag niggas. So I was fortunate to have the few BBW girls find interest and attraction into me. I'm I'm bl- like I'm blessed. What can I tell you? <laughs> like the ones I seriously dated. My God. Mm. Mm. I wish I could tell y'all the fucking stories. Boy. Again, and, and again, I'm attracted to all women. All sizes, all shapes, forms. Whatever. But the BBW girls, that's where the fucking fun is at. Let me tell you. Woo. And um, real quick, I wanted to talk about... You know, it, I mean... Recently, there was a clip of Maul, of, yeah, of Maul um, speaking on Joe Button. He was, he was a special guest on a personal party podcast. Shout out to them. And I saw that clip. And people are giving Maul shit because he still feels, a, he still feels a negative way towards Joe Button. I saw that clip at least twice. And, you know. I just shrugged my shoulders because I'm like, all right, how he feels is valid. 
He's entitled to feel that way. It doesn't matter if it's going on nearly a year. I don't know which month we're making the year, but it'll be a year this year since that implode since that implode happened live on fucking air. It just seemed like that shit happened last week, but it, the shit will be nearly a year since Joe Budden fired his fucking co-host on air. And even before then, shit, the cracks were showing the shit. It's still wild to me. It's still wild to me. And for people to be like, Mo's being sensitive. Mo's being... I'm like, I don't see how he's being sensitive. Like, if your friend told... Like, if your friend disrespected you on air, you, I'm pretty sure you'll want to swing on him every chance they get. But he's being sensitive. The fuck out of here. Hypocrisy. Or like, if it's one thing people are consistent on is hypocrisy. Niggas have moved the goalposts every fucking time for some reason. He's entitled to feel that way. Like, if you help play a part of a platform, like you help play a part into the platform being what it is now, and you're just asking, hey, can I see paperwork? What kind of percentage we getting? Fuck out of here. I ain't showing you shit. What? And then, and then tell you that I don't have to, some to the effect of I don't have to explain myself to you or I don't owe you any respect. Oh, yeah, that definitely, especially that. I don't owe you any respect. Once you hear that, hell yeah, I'll be talking like more too. Why would I ever talk kindly about a man that does not respect me? To me, you'll be dead to me. Like, I think he handled, like, I totally understood where he come from. Even if you don't like what I said about his takes, <laughs> I still understand where he, still where he come from. Because I experienced that myself. Not on that big of a scale, but nonetheless, when you're friends with a nigga, when, when you're friends with a nigga and you're loyal and they pay back that loyalty with disrespect, why would you want to stay around for that? Niggas I was, a nigga I was cool with, loyal, blindly loyal, looking back, but loyal nonetheless. Whoever had a problem with him had a problem with me. Whatever beef he had, I went with him so he wasn't dolo. He, he, he was a rapper. I don't know if he still is, but he was a rapper. Went to, it, went to every one of his fucking shows. Hype man. Supporting him. Whatever the fuck. Passing out his mixtapes. Shirts. All that. Stayed out with him till like 3, 4 in the fucking morning. Rolled the train with him. Sober. When he was sober and when he was drunk. I held him down. Me. Like, I had no problem being brave for him. And that shit gets... And that shit... And I was repaid with disrespect. So when you put so much of that, you're going to take... Now, I'm going to be loyal to me first and foremost. My loyalty goes as far as you go. Once that loyalty stops, so do I. Like, that, like I never understood that dumbass phrase. I'll still be loyal even when we fall out. What the fuck? Y'all sound dumb. 
Like, I understand, like, even, like, I get it. Even after the fallout, you won't tell intimate, intimate shit about, you won't tell the intimate, you know, parts of that person that you used to be friend with to strangers. You won't leak it out to the streets. I get that. You won't tell, you won't leak personal business. I get that. You play that to the chest. Of course. Why would you? Because by to, in, because I, in my personal opinion, once you put a person once you put a person's personal business out in a public forum or just tell it to anybody, to me or to them, you you're gonna come off like an untrustworthy person. That shit is not gonna look good for you at all. You better play that shit to the, you better play that shit to the chest. So I get that, but as far as me being there for you as a stranger, no, that's dead. That's dead. You're a stranger to me. Go live your life. It's no beef. Like it's it's no beef. It's just I don't fuck with you. It's that simple. To this day, there's certain people that used to be friends with me that don't fuck with me. Of either something that I did or something that they did, and they feel guilty about it. It is what it is. Certain people do not fuck with me, and that is okay. Shit plays out the way that it does, but, and they're entitled to feel how they feel. I'm entitled to feel how he, how I feel. Mo's entitled to entitled to feel how he feels. How's that being fucking sensitive or unreasonable, or whatever the fuck people are saying? Once the respect is gone, that's it. I would still feel away too. It's barely been a fucking year. Shit like that don't go away easy. When you've been knowing a nigga for so long, when you know somebody for so long, shit do not go away in just a year. That shit really, really takes time. And, and it also takes time for you to like trust somebody like that on that level again, if ever. Because once you see what that person is capable of, who's to say 50 other motherfuckers ain't capable of the same thing, if not worse. So I get it. I really do. Um, healing, energy, recovery towards both Rory and Maul. But um, real quick, I wanted to talk about the Kanye West documentary, documentary that dropped on Wednesday. Genius. It's a three-part documentary, so... The second part is going to drop, what, next Tuesday? And then the third part is going to drop the third, the next, next Wednesday, I'm sorry. The second part is going to drop next Wednesday, and the third part is going to drop the Wednesday after that. The first part really resonated with me. And I'm pretty sure it resonated with a lot of people that's going after their dreams, especially artists. And I'm an artist, so it really resonated with me. Um, wow. To see the pivotal role that his mother played, like laying the foundation for him to have the self-esteem that he has today. The self-esteem that, that confidence, that, that confidence to the point where he turned that shit into arrogance. Now I see, like, now I understand, I would understand why... I want to understand how once his mother passed, how that shit changed him. 
Matter of fact, any parent passing that you were close to, that shit will change you. Like, that shit will change you. So, his mother played a pivotal role for him being the artist that he is today. But the shit that really... Actually, there's two things that really caught my... That really... I don't want to say triggered me, but it, you know... Uh, the first part was, first of all, him, like, niggas not paying him any mind the whole time he's shopping his deal in his songs. Like, there's one scene where he's in the Rockefeller office, Carlene, Jay-Z's assistant, assistant is there, and he's playing them the rough version of All Falls Down. This is the version with Lauryn Hill on it. He's playing, he's playing them the joint. He's performing it. Niggas just rolling their eyes and not paying them any mind. Just going about their day, going about their business. And in their defense, they're at work. You're performing a song while they're at work and they're multitasking. Yeah, then they're only going to give you but so much attention. So I get that. But at the same time, Kanye... Kanye still wasn't being taken seriously as a rapper. Niggas just saw him as a producer. Not only they saw him as a producer, but they wanted to keep him in that producer box. Like, I remember that story. I still remember that story that he tells on that song, Last Call, like, after the song is over. You know, that's, that's the reason why it's fucking 12 minutes. And... That, I, that, I'll be honest, that's probably the 12 minutes that people don't mind listening to. Because, mind you, this is around... Kanye dropped the college dropout when Compact Dicks was still relevant. You know? So, um, so yeah. So, to see people, like, not paying him mind and ignore his shit. And then, you know what? Let me bookmark that. Let me get to this other shit when um, his mentor, one of his mentors, his name was Doug Infinite. And there's this scene where Kanye and Doug Infinite are kicking it. And I think Kanye tells a story. He basically cites Doug Infinite as one of his mentors. He says that on more than one occasion. He cites him as one of his mentors. Like he's the reason why he's a good at produ- either a good good at producer or a good of a rapper as he is today. So so um fast forward later on during the day, late like later on during the day, Doug goes to the radio station and drops a diss track on the nigga and talks shit on Ye. And Ye is listening to this. Is listening to this fucking radio thing. He was like, yo, how did nigga drop a diss track on me? Same day I just saw him. That's wild. And they wind up catching up with Doug. And when Ye confronted him, like, I, I salute him on that. Soon as he saw the nigga coming out or cross paths with him, he immediately confronted him. And mind you, it wasn't it wasn't on no beef shit. It wasn't on no we gonna fuck you up. It's just 
man to man. Like, yo, you talking ill about me and earlier we was just kicking it. Doug was doing like what I got from that was Doug copped the immediate plea followed with the Michael Jackson moonwalk. It's all love, it's all love, you understand? The fuck out of here. Like that was some corny shit. That was some real corny shit. You smiled in that nigga's face, dapped him. He was giving you all he was giving you the credit. He was giving you the credit. And you still, and that still wasn't enough for you, and that still wasn't enough for you to, it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough for you to stop and really take that in and appreciate it. No. You went and dropped the diss track and talked shit about the guy that you mentored, the guy that looked up to you, that had respect for you at one point. I know, like, and you can see it on Ye's face. He's sorely disappointed, and I would be too. And to me, that was like the definition of a bitch-ass nigga and a snake-ass nigga. Niggas like those, when you cite, to me, when you cite them as a mentor, niggas get, old niggas get mad when the student surpasses the teacher. When the student, when the, when they, when the student gets the success that they feel entitled to. They felt like that should have been them on that rocket that's launching instead of, you know, the student. Supposedly, that was how, you know, Jazzo felt about Jay-Z when Jay-Z's, like, success skyrocket. Jazzo felt like that should have been his rocket, you know. And it's like, nigga, okay, just be like... You're mad because Ye's not taking you along with him? Hey, nigga, again, just be glad that he's citing you as his mentor, which means you created a, like, I'm not going to say create, created, but you're responsible for the new way. Like, you made the way for the artist after you to come in, bust the door open, and take it to a level that that probably wasn't meant for you. Just because you weren't the success that you, just because you didn't obtain the success that you envisioned for yourself doesn't necessarily make you a, a failure neither. It doesn't make you a failure. Not if you're showing the people coming after you the way on how to maneuver and the do's and the don'ts. Like, yeah, you're not going to be the multi-millionaire and billionaire, but you're responsible for these artists becoming that multi-millionaire and billionaire. To me, that's just as good as an honor as any, but nah, they want that shit. They want to be the ones marrying Kim Kardashian and fucking around with Julia Fox and whatnot. They want that. And it's fucking weird. It's weird, but what it comes down to is basically jealousy and envy and comparing their lives to theirs. I wish I had what he had. I should have what he had. I should be married to um I should be married to Kim Kardashian. I should be going out with Julia Fox. I should have classic albums. I, but you don't. But that doesn't necessarily make you a failure either. Success is how you define it, not what you compare it to. And 
the other thing, going back to what I bookmarked to, when niggas wasn't giving Kanye the time of day, I'm tired of niggas being fake surprised that, oh my God, niggas wasn't listening to, niggas wasn't jamming till all falls down. Wow. I'm like, get off his dick. Get off his dick. Because y'all saying that, thinking about the Kanye West we know now. If you'd have known him back then, you would have scoffed him off too. You would have shrugged your shoulders, shrugged your shoulders and rolled your eyes at him too. Because y'all do that to artists now. Ain't shit changed from when Kanye was trying to get on, get himself on then. Y'all do the same shit now. Y'all judge off appearances. Only it went from the look aesthetic to streaming and numbers and all that other shit. Jay had a, um, and furthermore, to be honest, Dame signed him because he wanted to keep the beats in-house. Dame Dash wasn't a stupid nigga. I feel like Dame Dash signed him to keep the best Kanye beats in-house for Rockefeller. This way it went. No angle. Nowhere else. Jay wasn't taking that nigga seriously because around the time he had a soft spot for street niggas. He was just signing street niggas that could rap. I think around that time, yeah, he already had fucking Beanie Sequel, State Property, Meth Bleak, all these other niggas. So he was giving he was giving them all their energy. He was giving them all his energy. You know, when you see a nigga coming in with a polo and a Gucci backpack talking about I can produce and rap, ah, right, yeah, all right, nigga. Just play them beats, nigga. Just give me them beats so I can put it on this blueprint and shit. He wasn't taking them seriously, so Kanye... So Kanye did it smart. He seized that opportunity and parlayed it into his own shit to where he can do his college dropout shit. Once the college dropout made it and popped off, everybody was on his dick since. Sorry. It is what it is. And that's where everybody started getting behind him. Because Jay uh, and Dame started getting behind him. Jay came in late, but, you know, and it's not much change then. Niggas only fuck, people only fuck with you when that, either that one big name fucks with you, or you have a thousand, a thousand fans fucking with you. Other than that, niggas gonna roll their eyes at you. Everybody's guilty of that, especially these quote unquote tastemakers. I remember sending my shit. To um, Kim Chanel, the melanin situation shit. And um, she just basically said, like, she didn't like my vocals or the mixing, whatever, but she liked the concept. I was like, wow, okay. And, you know, I told her it's a lo fi joint, so maybe that's not what you're into and whatnot. And she's like, I listen to lo fi rap, I just didn't like your shit. I said what I said. She said it, like, she, let me not say said it because this all took place in the DMs, but she, the way it came off is really defensive, as if I was, like, trying to attack her. I wasn't trying to attack her, verbally attack her at all. I just, okay, I asked you to listen. You listened. You gave your feedback. Thank you. And I was impressed on how I handled it compared to in the past because I would have spassed. But now it's like, you know what? Everything is not for everybody. It is what it is. But I feel like if... There was a bigger artist with a bigger fan base with the same, if not similar, sound she would be saying differently. I'm pretty sure. But, you know, clout. 
Clout rules everything around them. And this is not me being a bitter artist saying that. This is just off observation. That's when I realized it's not a, like, it doesn't matter how well or it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter the quality of the song being missed. It doesn't matter about the beats. The beats don't matter. The vocals don't matter. The mixings don't matter. The features don't even matter. How niggas did Kanye then, y'all doing the same shit now. It's just the difference is, again, with streamings. Cloud, where's the where if you don't have the streams, if you don't have the influence, if you don't have a 50 billion fans around you, if you don't even look the part of today's rapper, niggas gonna roll their eyes. Y'all gonna do the same shit they did to Kanye. Roll your eyes, shrug your shoulders, and keep it pushing. It's okay, it's all right, I guess. So, whatever, like. Y'all judge off appearance to this day. Talking about y'all would have gave, talking like y'all would have gave Kanye the time of day then. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all dick, like, y'all more dick riders than you all tastemakers. And same thing for the, like, casual fans. Same shit. Same shit. Same shit. Fuck out of here. And Kanye isn't the only person that got shrugged off. Fucking Russell Simmons told Nas that he sounded like a fake-ass G-Rap. Jay started his own fucking, like, Jay. That's the shock. I'll say that's the shocking part. Jay, the same person that got told he was trash that wound up start that wound up starting his own label and investing in himself. Wendy Goldstein said, why would I sign Eminem when I could sign Killer Priest? That's brand new to me. Oh, shit. That's fucking nuts. Drake, Kendrick... And J. Cole all got slept on. And these are the artists that y'all widely praise and put in that big three to this day. But y'all still roll your eyes and shrug at some of these nice motherfuckers because they don't have the clout, they don't have the streams, and they don't have they don't have the clout, they don't have the streams, and they don't have that cosign for you to take them seriously. Or even give their or even give their music a chance to listen to. Y'all judge, like, y'all still judge books by its cover. A lot of people claim to be for the culture, but move or act real industry. But y'all would have gave Kanye a chance. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Stop it. But, anywho, shout out to the old listeners, shout out to the new ones. I really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, visit my website, RileyWrittens.com, R-I-L-E-Y-W-R-I-T-T-E-N-S.com. Um, follow my, matter of fact, follow my pod page on social media, Riley Randall's Pod, R-I-L-E-Y-R-A-N-D-O-M-S Pod. It's on Twitter and Instagram. Um... Stream a melanin, listen to, to a melanin situation if you haven't already. It's available on all streaming platforms. I'm going to put it on Bandcamp too if you want to financially support that. Um, follow my other page, Riley Ritz, R-I-L-E-Y-W-R-I-T-T-S. And again, 
instead of complaining instead of complaining about the current climate of music go outside of your usual bubble and discover artists that you actually like and promote the artists that you actually like one 